Kyle Trask showed some good things against the Dolphins over the weekend, and the disrespect of Mike Evans continues. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko flying solo on this episode, but of course you can check out everything that David Harrison is doing over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And, of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Again, we thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by the great folks over at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Kyle Trask stepped up, and he played well. In the preseason game against the Miami Dolphins on Saturday, and we're going to talk more about that coming up in just a moment. First, we're going to talk about the NFL releasing their annual top 100 list. Four Buccaneers made the first half of the list. The NFL Network counted down from 100 all the way down to 51, and we saw four Buccaneers, one of which making his debut on the list. Big shout out, but... For those that didn't see it or missed out, of course, this is the list that's voted on by the players and coaches. And, uh, you know, it's it's a more comprehensive list of how these players see each other as peers rather than, you know, media doing these lists or, or talking heads on, on TV doing these lists. So NFL Network dropped numbers 100 down to 51. So the first half, I remember way back when they used to break it up and you'd only get like 10 players a night and they they had each of those 10 last for an hour. It took forever. But coming in at number 86 was Buccaneers outside linebacker Shaquille Barrett. At number 75, making his debut on the list was safety Antoine Winfield Jr. Coming in at number 64, another drop from last year. That's uh, He's dropped on this list two years in a row now. But linebacker Devin White comes in at 64. And somebody else that has dropped on this list for two consecutive years now is wide receiver Mike Evans, who came in at number 53. For reference, he came in 48th in 2021. He came in 30th in 2020. Now, in 2020, he had over 1,100 receiving yards. He had a fantastic season. But 2021, he finishes with his seventh consecutive 1,000-yard season, finishes with a career-high 13 touchdowns, wins a Super Bowl, still dropped on the list. This year, coming off of his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard receiving season, setting another career high in touchdowns going from 13 to 14 Evans drops to number 53 on the list. And here's the thing. I understand that I forgot to put my name plate up on the YouTube. So I apologize for that. I understand that people are not going to view Mike Evans as the best wide receiver in the NFL. That's fine. 
there are receivers out there that are more athletically gifted than Mike Evans. They make more splash plays than Mike Evans. But this is a conversation we're going to continue to have probably over the course of the next few years. Mike Evans should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There are very few first ballot Hall of Fame wide receivers. But Mike Evans has done something that none of those receivers have. None of them. And that's the consecutive thousand yard marks each and every season of his career. Um, we all know that Devontae Adams is going to end up in probably the top 10, for sure the top 15. And of course, Devontae Adams was the, the sexy pick of, of best receiver in the NFL. And he got all the attention because he was in Green Bay and he was with Aaron Rodgers, but now he's in Las Vegas and he's getting, you know, just as much attention and just as much praise. Mike Evans and Devontae Adams came into this league together. They came into this league in the same draft class back in 2014. And somehow, some way, Devontae Adams is placed up on this pedestal. And Mike Evans is disrespected and ignored and overlooked. Yes, Devontae Adams has more receptions in his career than Mike Evans does. Well, Mike Evans has more receiving yards and more receiving touchdowns. But he doesn't get the hype. He doesn't get the praise. He doesn't get to lead off Sports Center. He doesn't get to lead off NFL Network. He's not even in the top half of the NFL Top 100. And there's no reason for it. I mean, he struggles in some games just as much as any other receiver struggles in games. There's no receiver that's perfect. You know, Randy Moss had games where he was shut down. Michael Irvin had games where he was shut down. Just happens. It's not a big deal. Mike Evans has those games. But even rewinding the clock to 2020 in games when he was shut down, this is a guy that had, over the course of two different games, had three receptions for four yards and three touchdowns. So even when he's shut down, he's still effective. Yet somehow, some way, some reason, nobody seems to really care about it. And I, I know our buddy Ross Jackson over at Locked On Saints likes to give me grief on Twitter about not knowing who Mike Evans is. And it's fun, playful banter. But I think even Ross would agree that maybe there is a little bit of disrespect thrown towards somebody who has accomplished so much every year that he's been in the NFL, whether it's double digit touchdowns, whether it's the thousand yard seasons, whether it's, you know, being the reliable target on a bad team, whatever the case is, um, 53 is not good enough. And I'm really, really curious what receivers are going to be revealed to be ranked ahead of Mike Evans, just for the sake of comparison. You know, I I can understand Justin Jefferson being ranked ahead of him. I'll I'll even give them Devontae Adams. You know, it's whatever. I don't think Devontae Adams is head and shoulders above Mike Evans. 
and the numbers kind of show that. But, um, you know, I get it. Jamar Chase is going to get that hype and that love because of the incredible run that the Bengals had and the explosive plays that Chase had. I don't know. I might take Mike Evans over Jamar Chase right now. Chase has done it for one year. Evans has done it for eight. Cooper Cup is going to be taken above Mike Evans. I'll take Mike Evans. Cooper Cup had an amazing year. MVP caliber season. It's the first time he's done something like that. First time, you know, that he's been healthy all year long. Cooper Cup is a guy that had that injury-prone stigma hanging over his head. So I'm, I'm excited and interested to see what wide receivers are ranked above Mike Evans and how this is all going to uh, to stack up. And coming up in just a moment, we will be talking about that preseason game against the Miami Dolphins where Mike Evans was a non-factor because he was just hanging out on the sideline in his uh, in his street clothes, just wearing his jersey, kicking back one of the, I believe it was 29 players that were not active for the game. But first, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've spoken before about being a 15-year-old who was facing a surgery that could cause paralysis or death. And it was a lot to put on my shoulders. I needed an outlet. I needed somebody that I could speak with that wasn't a family member, somebody who was going to be honest with me, somebody who was going to help bring me along that wasn't, you know, mom or dad, you know, with their their loving encouragement. But I needed that outside voice, that outside help. And now that kind of help is available for absolutely everyone out there that may need it. Better help, online therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist whenever you need to. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't have to be on camera if that's not something that you're comfortable doing but you're still getting the help and the therapy that you need every week in just a few easy clicks or one little phone call. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit, to find that right person that you feel you can open up and be honest with. BetterHelp makes it really easy and free to change therapists if you need to. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Now, they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/lockedon. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com/lockedon. Thank you for making Locked On Box your first listen or view every day. Some roster news and a listener voicemail coming up in just a moment. But first, I got to level with you guys. We got to talk about Kyle Trask, y'all. So Saturday was a very long day. Um, obviously, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see I'm back home now. I got the I got the backdrop going on behind me back in my home office. So Saturday, uh, we we made half of the drive, my son and I, back home. And 
uh, stopped a little south of Atlanta, but it was it was a long day. And we get in the hotel room. Obviously, the game is not on because we're in McDonough, Georgia. And um, so hop on the laptop and bring the game up on uh, NFL Plus. My first time messing around with that. And we had missed the beginning of the first quarter. So we saw we saw one drive with Blaine Gabbert. It resulted in a touchdown. And then it was the Kyle Trask show. And let's be honest, uh, the end of the first half was a little bit of a disaster. You have Kyle Trask throwing an interception. It was an incredible interception. I don't remember which Dolphins player it was, but a hat tip to them. Um, somehow they were able to focus enough on the football to notice that it got caught up in Rashad White's legs, never touched the ground. He was able to strip it away. Great opportunity for the Miami Dolphins. They capitalized on the very next play, score a touchdown. It was uh, it was wild. It was a wild swing. Then on the very next drive, in fact, it might have been the next offensive play, if I remember correctly, Trask fumbles. And the Dolphins then take a lead. So it's like, oh, my goodness. Disaster has struck. Kyle Trask is just, he's looking like the bad Kyle from practice that David talked about on last week's show. Trask looked good. That whole second half, he looked solid. That two-minute drill at the end of the game to put the Buccaneers in a position to win the game, he looked outstanding. His touchdown pass to Jareth Stearns. His touchdown pass to Jareth Stearns was, oh my goodness, was that an absolute dime. Just phenomenal throw and catch by Kyle Trask. And I'm going to go back real quick to the to the end of the first half. I blame Trask more for the interception than I do for the fumble. Now, again, it was a spectacular defensive play, very heads-up play to get that uh, interception. But that's one of those moments where it, it was flashes of Jameis Winston for me, where he, he fought to keep the play alive, was trying to make something out of nothing, and it ended up costing him. It's a situation like that where Trask needs to realize he can take the sack, live to play another down, don't put the ball in jeopardy. You know, it's a mistake that all quarterbacks make. Um, I'm not going to hold it against him too much. He's just got to learn in that situation. You just got to eat the play. Um, the fumble, which I saw more people bashing Trask for than the interception, I don't think that was his fault. And I understand that people want to talk about Trask's pocket awareness. Look, on that play, there was no pocket. That dude had no time to throw the ball. He had just finished his drop back, and he was getting swarmed by two Miami Dolphins players. There was absolutely nothing he was going to do on that play, and there was nothing about it that was his fault. He finishes his drop back, tries to unload real quick, and he's swarmed. That's on the offensive line. I do not put that fumble on Kyle Trask at all. I I, I truly don't. I think the interception is a play that you got to eat. You take the sack, you move on. That fumble, 
That's all on the offensive line. And I haven't been able to go back and see which offensive lineman it was that got beat on that play, but it was ugly. I mean, the dude legitimately had absolutely no time to throw the ball. But then you go and you take a look at that two-minute drill and the poise, the awareness, the comfortability of Kyle Trask in that moment was very, very impressive. He converted two different fourth downs. You know, he was, his back was up against a wall on down and distance multiple times. And Jareth Stearns was a guy that he relied on and it worked. You know, the connection that the two of them had was, was absolutely outstanding. And you get to a situation where you're setting up a 49 yard field goal for Jose Borregales, who's competing to make this team. And the dude drains it just like a 55 yarder earlier in the game. But Mike McDaniel called timeout. Then Borregales whiffs on the one that counted, hits the upright, and, and the Buccaneers lose. But Kyle Trask did absolutely everything you could ask of him to put the Buccaneers in that situation to have a chance to win the game. You could argue that he was the reason that they were behind in the first place because of the two turnovers at the end of the first half that completely swung the game around. Winning and losing in the preseason doesn't matter. Does not matter at all. This has been my stance on it for a very long time. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, look, preseason games matter based on what you're watching it for. You are watching for certain situations. You are watching certain players. The end result does not matter in the least. The Bucs could have lost 56 to 13. And I could have come on this show and pointed out all the great things that I saw. The result doesn't matter. What mattered was seeing Kyle Trask in those game situations where he had the opportunity to, to orchestrate that two minute drill. He did it very well. And he gave his team a chance to win the football game. And if you correlate that to the regular season, that's what you want to see. You want to see your quarterback with that poise in that situation to be able to move down the field and give his team a chance. Jose Borregales missed, but he had drained a 55-yarder earlier in the game. So you know he has the leg for it. Don't know what really happened on that particular kick because he had made the kick 60 seconds beforehand. Just happened to miss that one, you know. Suckup has missed his share from 49. It it just it does. It happens. The um the Dolphins touchdown right after the interception. That was on our guy Zion McCollum. And McCollum got beat by a double move, and the Dolphins receiver was wide open in the end zone. That's an adjustment. It really is. It's it's an adjustment for Zion. Uh, you know, going to the NFL game. It was nice for him to have that happen to him in this preseason game because I'm telling you right now, Zion McCollum is going to get his fair share of regular season action. And he's an incredibly smart, incredibly talented 
incredibly athletic corner, this is something that can get fixed. You know, I spoke to uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. after practice on Thursday of last week, and I asked him about Zion McCollum. Like, I know what Antoine can do. I don't need to ask Antoine about Antoine. I wanted to know about Zion. And the smile on Antoine's face when I brought up Zion's name told me everything that I needed to know. But Antoine said that he's a great kid. His football IQ is sky high. He said he has the athleticism. He has all the tools. He understands the playbook and the defense. It's about putting it all together now. But he, you know, Antoine told me, he goes, I'm really excited about Zion this year. So this is a guy that played a press man scheme in college. He's learning how to play zone in the NFL. He's going to be fine. And again, you want these mistakes to happen in the preseason games. But Zion McCollum is going to get plenty of regular season action, and he has all the tools to get it done. He is He's a phenomenal athlete. And, and I'm really excited for, for you guys to be able to see some of the things that David and I saw over the course of last week. Finally, uh, real quick, the best running back on the field, I don't think there was any question about it, on Saturday was Rashad White. My goodness. That kid, he ended up with, uh, Greg Alma tweeted it out, I think he ended up with 30 yards on first down carries. And his worst one matched Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard's best first down runs. This kid's going to be special. It's going to take some time. He's going to move up that up that depth chart, though, before the, uh, the official start of the season. Rashad White is going to be something that... Um, or someone that I, I think a lot of Bucks fans are going to be very, very happy about when he really starts to get in his, you know, get in his zone, establish his role with the team, and really be able to start doing the things that we know that he's capable of doing. We are going to talk about the running back position a little bit more coming up in just a moment as the uh, Buccaneers made some roster moves. But first, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and of course, golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, and we have ourselves a voicemail to get to, and we will do exactly that coming up in just a second. But we do need to talk about the roster moves that the Buccaneers made on Monday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed former Miami Dolphins running back Patrick Laird on Monday. And they placed running back Kenyon Barner on the injured reserve. That effectively ends Barner's 2022 season. Of course, as many of you know, Ryan Jensen, we're supposed to get more information on that knee later this week. He has not been placed on injured reserve because anybody placed on injured reserve before the initial 53-man roster cutdown, they are done for the year. You cannot bring them back. So the Bucs holding out on Ryan Jensen in case he can make a late season return. Kenyon Barner, 
not the same deal. He's done for the year. Giovanni Bernard missed practice with an injury, as did linebacker Cam Gill. Now, Cam Gill suffered a Liz Frank injury, which is the uh, that's the injury that Levante David had last season that was kind of keeping him not himself. He was a little in and out. He was limited, missed some time. Uh, we have no update as of this recording on the severity of Gill's Liz Frank injury, but he would be a huge loss for the Buccaneers on special teams, and he would be some key depth that they would lose if he is out for any kind of extended uh, you know, extended time. Really, uh, you hope that he doesn't miss any regular season games. I, I am confident that Cam Gill's spot on this roster is relatively secure, so maybe keeping him out this week with the joint practice against the Titans next week, uh, probably the final preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts, let him rest that foot, let him get healthy so that he is ready to roll into the regular season. With that, uh, we do have ourselves a voicemail, and we are going to go ahead and hear from a familiar voice that we've not heard from in quite a while. I'm sorry David isn't here to hear this one, but let's hear from our guy Yousef out in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey guys, you know who this is, right? This is Code Open Yusuf out here in Phoenix. It's been a long off season, especially for me. But here I am, ready to talk some more Bucks ball and get ready for the season. Really excited. Anyway, uh, I really like Kyle Trask tonight. Really liked uh, Rashad White. Uh, liked what I saw from him. Uh, it's one game for Trask, but it's a really good start, and I was really impressed, except for that one play. Um, really impressed with the pressure up front uh, defensively. The back end needs some work. Um, but uh, wide receiver depth is incredible, too. Man, really like, really have a lot to like there. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to be a coach trying to figure out that room. Um, but let's get to the topic at hand. Jose Borgales. I love Borgales tonight. He had a tremendous game, but he missed the kick that mattered the most. I personally want the kid to make the team. Nothing against Suckup. I love Suckup. And at the end of the day, let the best man win. But I, I've always been worried about Suckup's range. I feel like we have more of a chance to make those long-range kicks with Borgales. But we'll find out, guys. Anyways, those are just my thoughts. And as always, go Bucks. All right, Yousef, thank you very much for the call. And as I was playing that voicemail, we had breaking news come across. Not something that we're going to have to dive too crazy deep into. But according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, uh, the Buccaneers have signed Carl Nassib the former Raiders outside linebacker. And, of course, Nassib played for the Buccaneers back in 2018 and 2019. So going back to what I literally just said about Cam Gill, that I felt that his spot on the roster was relatively secure, maybe the injury is a little bit worse than the Buccaneers thought, and he is going to miss some legitimate time. But the Buccaneers making a move to bring in Carl Nassib, some depth at the edge, uh, Todd Bowles, 
I'm sure is going to be thrilled to have Carl Nassib back in the building. Nassib played really well under Bowles in, in 2019 as his defensive coordinator. And shout out Carmen Vitale. I know she's going to be stoked that Carl Nassib is back with the Buccaneers, one of her absolute favorites. So with that, we will have more reaction on that move, on the preseason game, and everything else coming up tomorrow when I am joined by Evan Klosky, who it was unfortunate we missed WTSP Wednesday last week. It will not be that way this week. Evan will be on the show, and I'm sure he has plenty to say. So we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Check out all of David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you are following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82. If you want to leave a voicemail like Yousef did, go ahead and give us a shout at 813-444-5841. If you want to contribute to the show but voicemails aren't your thing, shoot us an email, LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.